Today, I have a great guest, Jason Van Camp, ex-Special Forces, entrepreneur, vetrepreneur, and just all-around good guy. He's got a book coming out. We're going to talk about that, and he's also got a great company. But first, I want to give a shout-out to OSD, Outperform, Serve, and Develop. I'm a big fan of them, and I'm a big part of them now. So check out OSD. Right now, we have a great promotion for Xbox, you know, Xbox, Halo, Call of Duty, all those other good games is matching donations up to $250,000. So check out our promotion. I'll leave some links below. Thanks. Hey, Jason, welcome aboard, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. It's pretty uh, pretty exciting to be here. Yeah, I, I love podcasting. I love anytime I can get a chance to podcast and actually talk to great guests like yourself. I believe uh, Ryan Mannion putting us in, in, in touch, right? She did. She did. She's a, she's a friend of mine. We, uh, we linked up at the Army-Navy game. Uh, in in December, and uh, we were doing a big tailgate. She was doing a big tailgate, and uh, she's so she's so nice. She's fantastic. We did Fox and Friends together in the morning. She talked <laughs> about her book. We talked about Warrior Rising in my book. She's uh, she's really a special individual. She's a, she's a really cool person. No, she's great. I just ran into her. Um, I think last month at the Vetties, and uh, I've had her on the show. She's a great guest. She's a great person, and her foundation's incredible. And uh, She's always sending really good people my way, so I really appreciate that. So thank you, Ryan. <laughs> I will also reach out to her. Thank you as well. Thanks. So tell me about yourself. I saw you were 10th group. That's really cool. Multiple deployments, multiple uh, accommodations, including a Bronze Star with Valor, yeah. um, West Point. Uh, you've kind of, you know, you're, you've done a lot in your, uh, in, your, in your career, man. Well, I try, man. I try. I, I you know, love adventure. I love pushing myself and doing more, you know, and, and overcoming my, you know, personal adversity, you know, and uh, my journey started in Springfield, Virginia, man. So I grew up where you live right now, essentially. Yeah. Right down the road. That's right. That's right. I went to West Point, like you said, hated every second of it, man. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, when, when did you go to West Point? Uh, so I started in 1995. Okay. And, uh, and then I left, I kind of had a, a unique journey. So I left after the first semester of my sophomore year, and I served a mission for my church. Church oh, okay. the same. So I'm a Mormon kid. And um, I went to St. Petersburg, Russia for two years. And so I did that, and then I came back to West Point and finished up my time and graduated in 2001. Oh, that's very cool. It's funny, uh, my, one of my best friends from high school went, and I went there in 1993 for what is the 100 day or, or something like 100 days for graduation. I don't even remember. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, it was fun, man. I, lo- I used to go to West Point all the time because I grew up in Jersey, uh, by the Pocono area. So it wasn't that you far were, away. You a Giants fan or a Jets fan? I'm neither, brother. Neither. I oh, uh, I don't even know where I'm at anymore when it comes to football. Growing up, though, I was Giants because I was up in uh, the northern part of Jersey, up in the nice green area. But uh, later on in life, we, we just came from Philly. I can't even say just came, but about eight years ago, we moved to D.C. area from Philly. Gotcha. So, uh, 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 so man, Utah. It's beautiful out there, though, man. Yeah, my wife is from Utah. We married four years ago. And so when I got out of the military, it's a joke I would tell. Some people think it's funny, some people don't. But I say this. I say, my wife's from Utah. I'm from Virginia. So we compromised and ended up in Utah. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Brother, I know how you feel because, you know, we were living in San Diego. And my wife got a job with the FBI out in Philly. So, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> that's how I ended up in Philly before this. So, well, listen, I'm not knocking on Utah. Utah's awesome. Nah, Utah's great, man. Where I live, you can get up on slopes in about 35 minutes. It's a phenomenal area for families. Uh, I love the cold weather, man. I love I love cold weather. So it's it's a good place for me to live. That's yeah, awesome. Well, you know, the reason we're on the show today is for your book coming out. When does it come out? Deliberate Discomfort. Jay, it comes out tomorrow, February 18th. And um, we're super excited. It's ready for pre-sales right now. Uh, here it is. Deliberate Discomfort. There it is. It's on Amazon. We're pulling it up everywhere. So check it. Yeah. And you know what? And that's why I wanted to bring it up because you have had a career that spanned the world, but you also had, you know, like you said before, you had a mission trip out to St. Petersburg. So so you've been everywhere, man. And it's not just like this is going on for, you know, the past 25 plus years. So you've been, you've been well-traveled and and well, well well-versed. Yeah. So let's talk about the book. Okay, go for it, man. What do you want to know? I want to know why the book, why now? Okay, so why the book, why now? So um, honestly, I saw what Jocko was doing. You know, his company yeah. on front and my company, Mission Six Zero, we were competing for the same contracts years ago. And mm-hmm. we were competing actually on front. We were getting contracts that we were competing against them for. And, and uh, Jocko took a step back and he said, you know what? Let me try to attack this at a different angle. So he wrote uh, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. And he got on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he immediately, you know, that was a game changer for him. He immediately sold 20,000 books. He became a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now he is getting, you know, 50000 dollars $100,000 speaking gigs for an hour. And yeah. he used that to kind of promote his business, Echelon Front. And then he used that to kind of uh, start a podcast and, and just absolutely took off. And so my company, it's not Jason Van Camp. It's a group of Green Berets, Navy SEALs, Delta Force guys, Rangers, Marines. I mean, we have a team. We have Medal of Honor recipients. Mm-hmm. On Flo Groberg, Leroy Petrie. We've got Nate Boyer. One oh, of wow. Friends on the team. You know, Joey Jones, who's now a Fox News analyst. And we have scientists as well. Scientists that translate our experiences into the so what and the now what for business coaches and players. Said, listen, we're, we're more than just one guy. We're a team. And, you know, Jocko is showing us the way, man. Like he wrote a book that, he's yep. that ever resonated with, with so many business leaders. And so we spent the last few years kind of storming and, and compiling data in our notes and, and creating this book that we call Deliberate Discomfort. And it focuses on our curriculum at Mission Six Zero, and that is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that's a great curriculum. And you know what? I always, whenever anybody brings up other uh, veteran entrepreneurs, LEOs, emergency responders, because the show kind of kicks on all of it. I always say, you know, there's there's absolutely enough to go around. And it seems like the network of people always help each other out. So you mentioned Jocko. I'm sure Jocko will help you out later on mentioning you here and there, because there is absolutely enough going around. And having a book solidifies what your pillars are, your leadership pillars. So you're not just, you know, doing a PowerPoint slide here and there. You're selling a book and that book is telling people, hey, this is my mission statement. This is more than just a five paragraph hop order. This is this is the the name of the game. That's right. So it's a leadership book for businesses. It's a self-improvement book for individuals. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, 
you know, be the best, you got to learn from the best. And who better than the guys I have on my team, guys that I would call heroes, special forces heroes. And, you know, they wouldn't call themselves heroes, but I call them heroes because yeah. you don't get a vote, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, exactly. It's that humbled professional. Absolutely. Humble professional, quite professional, but not a silent professional, which means mm-hmm. that we have information, we have experiences that we need to share with other people, you know, and it's a disservice to others if we don't share this information because we're helping mm-hmm. them, we're helping society, we're helping our country. And uh, and that's what I, I'm really passionate about is helping other people. I'm selfish about being selfless, you know. Especially when it comes to leadership, you know, you could be the quiet professional with the TTPs and everything else while you're in service and everything and outside, you're not going to share any sensitive material, but when it comes to leadership and lessons learned, having a core group of people like that, that you could ping ideas off of, you're all essentially going to come up to the same thing at the end of the day saying, we have a message. We need to get that message out there. That's right. Listen, we didn't create getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. It's been out there for decades and, and uh, we just refined it. And we're showing people how we define what that message means. And, and back to your previous point. Yeah, I, I'm a collaborator, man. I'm a cooperator. I'm not trying to compete with other people if I can help them out. You know, I'm trying to be a good dude. So if anybody's coming to me or coming to our organization that uh, we could potentially consider a competitor, and they're saying, could you advise us? Could you mentor us? Could you help us out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm there for you guys. And I hope that others would do that for us as well. Now, and you know, it, it, the spectrum is growing a lot farther than just the military community. And we've known that ever since Jocko's and, you know, paving the way and a lot of other people is there's a lot of corporations out there right now who are lacking in veterans in their leadership. And they need someone to come in from the outside. That maybe, you know, it's not just because they're veterans, it's because you have lessons learned that even translate into the corporate world. Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. Jay, listen, we, we've thrived in uncertainty. We've thrived in, in adversity, you know. We understand what true leadership is and what it's all about. You know, we've, you know, been in the most trustful environments imaginable. We've performed at the highest level imaginable. Mm-hmm. You know, it translates over to the business world. There's no doubt about that. You just need to find a client that's receptive to that message, you know, because sometimes there, there are folks, there are businesses and decision makers, CEOs, C-suite level managers that have that want nothing to do with the military. They, they look down upon military. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a terrible thing. We're trying to change that narrative in the United States right now. Yeah, and it's it's the government, it's the the corporations and everything. Listen, you t- you know just as well as I do, and this is kind of what I guarantee your book's going to say is you take a group of ten to twelve people, you put them out in a forward outpost somewhere, and they have to live together for five to six months. You're going to learn how to deal with morale issues. You're going to learn how to deal with other than just everyday monotony and combat. You have to deal with the little things getting on people's nerves, living with people. And that's the same thing in a corporate environment. That's the same way we see it in the federal government as well Is you need to learn that middle space, that middle ground. The only difference is in in the combat and the military, that volume is turned all the way up, man. Yep. You know, in the civilian world, it's the same issues. It's just at a lower decibel level. Listen, that volume goes to 11. (laughs) Some people will get that. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So brother warriors rising and yeah. that is, is this, are you, the company kind of takes the, uh, is it kind of integrated into like your message into the new book? 
Uh, it is. So a portion of the proceeds of delivered discomfort will go back to Warrior Rising. And uh, Warrior Rising is, like you said, a 501c3 nonprofit veteran service organization. And uh, we help veterans in the most charitable way we know how. We help them help themselves by creating their own businesses. And so okay. kind of the mindset of teach a man how to fish rather than give a man a fish, you know. And it started out of um, an experience that we had at, at Mission Six Zero, where where guys were telling me, Jason, you know, there's charities that take us hunting and fishing and build homes for us, but you know, we, we enjoyed hunting and fishing. We come back home, nothing's changed for me. You know, yep. home was built for me. You know, and I'm grateful that someone would think enough of me to do that. But I didn't put any skin in the game. I didn't put any money into this house. I don't feel like it's my house. And to be honest with you, I resent it. I don't want to live. Mm -hmm. You know, and I spend most of my time outside on the front porch smoking weed all day because I don't want to go inside, you know, and guys were saying, Jason, help me find my purpose again. Help me serve other people because when everyone serves me, it just is it's awkward. It's weird. I don't want it. I want to serve myself. I want to help myself. Mm -hmm. I want to help others and I want to help this country. And so that's what we, we, we listen to the veterans and that's what we did at Warrior Rising. We listen to them and we help them uh, create their own businesses through education, mentoring, funding. And then uh, community building. You know, and I watch, we're going to watch a little bit of your video here and uh, just bear with me here because it's, I like it. It's really dynamic and it hits you right off the bat. So stand by here, everybody. All right. Warrior Rising is a family of veterans and veteran supporters helping other veterans. Warrior Rising was an idea that uh, I had while my for-profit company, Mission for Zero, is working with the Oakland Raiders as a client. And we were out in Oakland, and, and part of the, the reason we go to these clients is to help them become better leaders and better men and, and better performers. And I bring out injured combat veterans, wounded warriors, and be my instructors. And uh, they share their stories of resiliency and overcoming adversity and it's very cathartic for them to get that off their chest and to feel like they're back on a team. And it's good for the client. It's very powerful and impactful and, and it's, uh, it really means a lot to them. So we were out there with the Open Raiders and after the event was over, I was talking to my guys, asking them about life and how things were and, you know, and- I, So you know what, Jason, we have large disability checks in the government. I like it, man. I like it. I'm like, you know, you know you gotta forgive you know? Me. one thing, yeah. you gotta forgive me, brother. That was that video was created after midnight after a fundraiser in, in uh, Napa, California, in the middle of the summer. So I was hot, sweaty, tired, <laughs> you know, 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag, man. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you, man. It's good, though. It kind of gets your mission out there. Um, we're going to provide a link to that. Uh, as well after the show, but I liked, I like that concept, man. I like what you were saying before we went to the clip too, that, you know, veterans don't want as a whole, don't want that handout. They want a hand up and, you know, it's kind of cliche. You've always, you want a hand up, but it's a truth. You want a new mission. And that's why you see a lot of us that have succeeded other parts of our life want to give back as much as we possibly can. And that's what I see going on with your organization. Well, I appreciate that. I get really fired up about it, man. When I talk to veterans, the ones that 
that really get me going and inspire me are the ones that say exactly that. Help me help myself. And I'm all about it. The guys that are saying, hey, give me give me five bucks. Give me this. Give me that. It's like, you know what? You know, you got the wrong mindset, guy. You know, let me fix your mindset first. And then we can talk about finding solutions later. I like that. Because a lot of it has to do with, and it's not just, and we're not all broken. You know, we're not, we just sometimes, you just need to, you know, someone to talk to you and kind of give you the ground truth and say, hey, look, this is how you can succeed. This is how you can get out of the hole. Um, but a lot of times you're going to have to do that yourself. We'll show you the way, but you got to do it yourself. You know, we work with a lot of, a lot of groups and um, a lot of players in the NFL and Major League Baseball, they tell me, Jason, motivate me. And I'm like, hey, man. I'm not going to do that. I can only inspire you to motivate yourself because I'm going to leave. I'm not here 24 seven. You're going to be on your own. You're going to be at your house, man. You have to motivate yourself and hopefully I can help you do that. And you know, yeah, man. And it's, especially when you get, like you're saying about this corporate environments and especially when you're dealing with teams, they've got to have a little bit of a, you know, a diverse path in their way, i.e. some sort of shared hardship. This is like leadership 101. You give a whole bunch of people a shared hardship together, that discomfort, and they learn to grow together and overcome it. But if you always just kind of, hey, you do this for me to get me there, it doesn't work, man. You have to learn at those team dynamics. That's it's that's where it's at, brother. Simple is best. You hit the nail on the head, man. Shared mm-hmm. hardship. You know, that's something that we experience in the military that's such a huge differentiator than what corporate clients go through. They don't have that. You know, they don't have that crucible. They don't have those experiences that we do. And, um, and really what it's the foundation there is trust. Yeah. We trust each other. And we don't have that trust in a corporate, in a corporate organization and environment. Like you're not going to, places are you're not going to succeed. You know, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, I do a lot of this Lean Six Sigma stuff now. We call it Lean now. Everybody's kind of getting away from that. And if you don't have buy-in, like me, I'll have buy-in. I'm, I'm a Lean Green Belt. I'm getting a black. And um, I understand it. I understand those concepts. But if you don't sell that product or sell that that way, that path to anybody else, they, they don't understand it. And the same leadership concept comes out there. If you don't have a shared path in a corporate world, you're never going to get, your company will never move forward. That's right. Your, your car sales, regardless, you're always selling something. You have to sell it or it's just not going to move forward. Boom, brother. 100% true and authentic. You know, I could talk about leadership all day long, man, (laughs) but uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about what keeps you going besides this. Yeah. It's a great question. What keeps me going? Uh, I would say, you know, without hesitation, it's my family. You know, I have a wife of four years. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She'll be three next month, so I guess she's more than two-and-a-half. <laughs> I've got an eight-month-old son, and uh, they're everything for me, man. Uh, I, I love waking up in the morning, even though it's usually at 5 a.m., and my daughter is coming into my room and slapping me in the face saying, wake up, daddy. <laughs> I don't mind it. I love it. That's what gets me going in the morning. Um, my son's finally starting to crawl, you know, he's starting to, he's starting to see his personality a little bit, starting to get a lot more fun. And, and that's, that's always a blast, man. So I love my family. I took, it took me a long time to get married. I was in my forties when I did for the first time. 
And uh, I was just, you know, I was selected. I was looking for the right one. And um, yeah, we've got a great family and great relationship. And I work at it every day. It's hard work, you know, um, trying to make her happy. <laughs> you know, being a business and a nonprofit. And so it's uh-huh. a lot of my, in a book. So there's a lot of my play, bro. A lot of my play for sure. Well, a lot of us are in the same boat, man. It's, it's, the, it's the hustle, but it's a different hustle because it's not just, you're not succeeding for the paycheck at the end of the day. There's a lot more behind it. Yeah. And once you throw the kids in a variable, man, it's like, I, you know, that's the biggest reason I wrote a book uh, initially was so my kids would know who, who their dad was. He's not this like, you know, late forties guy, like back in the twenties and thirties, I actually did some stuff. That's and cool. uh, now I'm just writing books to help other people. And, and once you start writing, man, you're going to see it's just, it's, it's never going to stop. That's why you're seeing Jocko publishing books all the time. Cause once you have an idea, you want to spread that idea. And a lot of times that idea can only go through a book, through an audible or Kindle, um, a podcast a radio, you get that message out there in every possible way. Absolutely. When I was writing deliberate discomfort, I woke up every morning excited, excited to be creative, excited to write, excited to put information on, on paper essentially on your, your word document, you know? Um, and there were times when I would put my head down and grind out for six hours and I'd I, mm-hmm. 30 minutes, Yeah, you know, and it was just really, um, an enjoyable experience overall. One thing I'd recommend to you and to other people is especially in trade publications and everything, especially when you're talking about leadership pillars is write some op-eds. Op-eds are cheap. They're easy. They're 1100 to 1200 words, especially when you're talking about leadership, but then you get your message out there. And it bolsters your, um, not your resume, but it just bolsters your expertise. So definitely check out those op-eds. And anybody listening, an op-ed is a great thing. I do it all the time. I write an op-ed every couple of weeks. Now I'm focusing on trafficking and other areas like that and victims. But uh, yeah, man, op-eds are where it's at. Fantastic. I, I take that advice to heart. I uh, actually wrote three of them so far. Uh, to promote the book and and, and everything else and uh, hopefully it works out and you're right it's short you're like a thousand words piece of cake you can knock that out in Mm -hmm. four to five minutes and there you go well brother I appreciate you coming on and let me put the book up here it's uh, Deliberate Discomfort it is out on February 18th this podcast will be coming out later on this week around the 19th but if you're listening the book is out now so uh, pick it up pick it up it's out there (laughs) awesome well i appreciate you coming on thanks jason i really appreciate you having me on it's been a lot of fun thanks stand by there we go